Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sunup. The Daily Sunup podcast is a conversation with the Colorado Sun. See our trust indicators at coloradosun.com slash ethics. It's Monday, February 5th. Today, the Colorado Sun's Jason Blevins sits with Pat Milroy, a former professional snowboarder turned incredible artist. In this two-part conversation, Pat shares a tale of survival, adventure, and introspection from his journey across the treacherous Red Mountain Pass, offering a vivid account of facing nature's fury head-on. Before we begin, did you know the Colorado Sun has a mobile app so you can read the news from anywhere? Whether you're on the couch, taking the bus to work, or in the car on the way to the mountains, visit coloradosun.com app to download today. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In early February 2014, the Denver Broncos played in the Super Bowl for the first time in 15 years. However, dreams were dashed as the Seattle Seahawks crushed quarterback Peyton Manning and his team in a staggering 43-8 victory, clinching the largest victory margin for an underdog and etching one of the largest point differences in Super Bowl history. The game's lopsided nature shattered viewership records and overshadowed the Broncos' dominant regular season. Two years later, in part spurred by this tragic loss, Manning and the Broncos returned to form and won Super Bowl 50 against the Carolina Panthers 24-10. Before we continue, the Colorado Sun has virtual and in-person events all year long. Join conversations on politics, healthcare, the environment, transportation, education, and much more. Sign up for the free events monthly email so you can be the first in line for registration. Visit coloradosun.com events today. Next, our feature story. We're going to do something a little fun today, a little different. My very good friend, Pat Milbury, a pro snowboarder, former pro snowboarder, incredible artist, muralist. You've probably seen his murals all over Colorado. He has a story to tell. Coming from Red Mountain Pass, one of the more spicy drives you can have, definitely in Colorado. I would say anywhere in this country, maybe even anywhere in this world, Pat. Tell us about your Red Mountain Pass story. This is going to be so fun. Um, Jason, I am very, very honored. And also thank you so much for the kind intro. My first reaction is like, thanks, you know, first and foremost, as a friend to you, it, it means a ton to be here. But also, um, I've always been a big fan of you and your writing and, you know, your journey, your approach to journalism and uh, also just being an incredible father. That has always inspired me as who you are as a person. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I would like to just say to everyone to start this off, just be super grateful every day to be alive. Um, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely thankful to be here right now. And I probably should not have been here right now. So I would like to kind of start this off by telling the story and, and just kind of describing, walking you through what I experienced on my drive from the lakeside neighborhood of Denver, Colorado to uh, Red Mountain Pass uh, as I was going to Silverton that day. And also just really, you know, kind of par- parallel this is like with some metaphors of how to live, you know, and the importance yeah. of um, daily living and being in the moment and also like living uh, with purpose and passion. And so, you know, I would say to start this off, I have always been, as a snowboarder for a large majority of life, I've been beautifully addicted for over 30 years on my snowboard, and my snowboard's taking me around the world. So 
Luckily, I have been very safe in a lot of situations. I, I try to always check my tires. I always try to, I got my oil changed before I do any long trips. I have a very close relationship with my mechanic. So I really like to make sure my vehicles in like good order, especially during midwinter storms. Yeah. So I'd say it's super important to like know your vehicle and also be extremely aware of like what you're doing with how you're traveling. I also don't like to wear flip-flops when I'm driving in the middle of winter. So I like to wear a couple layers um, in case something were to happen or in case I get into a, an emergency situation, um, which you never hope to be in, but I, you know, you get in. Something I've learned a lot as I've gotten older as well is like fill my gas tank up before I go into a non-service area or a mountain pass like Red Mountain, because if for something, if some reason something would to happen and you get stranded, at least you can have heat if you can, have, if your engine keeps working and you have some gas to kind of fuel you through like a survival situation, whether it's through the night or whatnot. I like having a full tank of gas in those slippery roads too. Sometimes they can help you. I just prepare like visually as a snowboarder i've always learned like one of my biggest techniques of snowboarding has been visualization and so visualizing something before you go into it is also so key and so important and it really helps mentally prepare you like walks you through what you're trying to do and in your breath right and so i think you know every day of our lives we have the choice to wake up and be stressed we have the we have a choice to wake up and kind of take a breath and be grateful for what we have and do something for yourself that you can start your day out that is healthy and also will provide you a better energy to have to be around everyone uh, every day and have a clear, like kind of more present focus. And so I did that that morning, you know, and uh, we have like we have a collection of, of products that we've been developing that is actually really interesting that is called the Open Hearts Collection. That practice has really helped me every day because it's it's even at that like 20 second, 30 second reminder, it, like it kind of speaks to your conscious and then your subconscious just kind of like filters it and then starts pushing it forward on your journey. So you don't go, you don't get behind your vehicle stressed out or mad or angry and right. you can keep kind of some of that stress off the road so you're keeping the other drivers safer as well. We're climbing out of you, Ray. I had a, a first like kind of gut check. I was like driving into Ray from through Ridgeway and it, it was really windy. I mean, if you can recall anyone over this past month, we had high winds and um, really, really high winds and a ton of blowing snow mixed with falling snow. So I was driving through Ridgeway and it was probably 70. It was crosswinds right there on that highway. And it's probably 65, 70 mile an hour. So between the snow and the, the blowing winds, I was being very aware. I was being very, I was, I was driving a little slower than normal. I was being a little bit more patient with myself and also like kind of going through my mental checklist going into Ure. But what's the nice part about Ure is like, it's kind of valleyed in there, right? So it's not near, it's like, it's lower elevation. And so you get into Ure and you kind of like have a moment to gather yourself. You take some deep breaths and you're like, all right, like if you've ever been up Redmond Pass, you know, it's a damn journey. So it's like, here we go. And um, I looked at the pass. It was open. Everything was clean. Actually was pulling out Ure, stopped once in the road just to check the snowpack. Nope, not bad. No bad snowpack. No bad ice, whatever. Um, I had four, my four-wheel drive on, listening to some like really good music that I was like tapped into as well with driving and um, was just kind of like feeling in my flow state, right? And uh, no winds at all. Like there was snowing, but it was, uh, it was nothing crazy. It started, it was getting dark. And I was going a little under, I was, I've been traveling like under the speed limit the whole way, just kind of be cautious and safe. I stopped again another like two miles up just to check it out, check out the road conditions. They were very, um, 
they're chill, um, nothing too crazy, nothing too icy, you know, all that. And so when you first making that drive, like it's a two lane highway, you have anywhere between on one side of the road and the inside of the road, there's like rock, the cliff bands, rocks that are range from maybe 10 to like 250 feet right next to the road. On the other side of the road is a sheer drop. It There's no guardrails. Nope. Literally on there's parts of this road that like there's not even a shoulder, but the like the white line on the edge of the highway is literally on the edge of the pavement. So um, there's no risk for air. And you're talking anywhere the range of 500 foot drop, like 10%, 20% cliff bands to like thousands of feet. So it's pretty dicey. I have done that drive with my door open and my finger under my dog's collar, ready to bail before if I lost a tire, I was just going to, I'm out. I don't blame you. I, I actually had that thought of like not strapping my seatbelt on in case I needed a bail. Yeah. Um, Cause I've actually, I have a story at the end of this that I talk about I've, how I was told about people that have four people in a vehicle bailing before they went off the road. So I don't blame you, Jay. And like, I've heard numerous stories that of cars going off that road and just disappearing and them not finding the car or the driver until like early summer, like late spring, like June. And so that's actually been kind of a commonality at Red Mountain Pass. So I was just taking it easy. So I, you know, I was driving up and being driving under the speed limit, do very safe very hyper aware, extremely, extremely safe. And it wasn't windy at all, which was amazing going from Ridgeway and climbing up the pass. I get through both the avalanche tunnels because there's two of them on the way up. And then I'm starting to climb the pass and the wind starts picking up pretty good. And I'm like, all right, like now we're going to slow down, maybe going like seven, eight miles an hour, you know, probably 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. And I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm a pretty damn experienced driver. I've driven like trucks and trailers yeah. toured across the country with snowboarding for over 15 years. So I feel pretty confident with my skills, but also um, I was driving a four Toyota Forerunner that was has great traction and like really good stability. Um, and so driving up and then catching a little wind and then, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, like we need to chill a little bit. Let's slow down a little bit. I'm slowing down and I come around this curve and there is just the craziest wind gust that I've experienced yet on this drive. And it comes coming like straight at me and with blowing snow. And it's per, it's dark. There's no lights on the pass. There's no cell service. There's no lights. There's no guardrails. So the gust hits me. The snow blinds me. I have my both hands on my wheel. I don't want to slam on my brakes because the chance of sliding is always like the number one thing you can do. And then you're like completely yeah. out of control. So I choose to kind of just like slow down and just like I'm take my foot off the gas and just kind of like patiently like veer because I, I think this turn isn't that, you know, I, I, I don't know what the turn is because I can't see anything. And I'm like, I'm in a position of like being white roomed as if you're a skier or snowboarder, you rip a powder slash and you're like caught in the snow, the after bang of the snow, or you're a surfer in the barrel and you just like, you're like white roomed. Right. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, don't panic. Okay, don't panic. Okay, okay, don't panic. But and as I'm veering my wheel to kind of hope I'm staying on the road, I feel my left tire going off the road. Oh. And so shit. I veer a little bit harder. I don't jerk the wheel, but I veer a little bit harder. 
And my gut like instantly comes goes from like my heart down to like below my belly button, right? And I'm like, my gut is just like, oh no. And the snow clears from my windshield because the gust kind of like is following the contour of the mountain and the curve. And I'm further enough away because I'm already past the oncoming lane of traffic. And I feel my car going off the road. I try to stay on the road and I can feel both of my left, of my driver's side tires, like basically teetering, like off of the edge of the road. And oh, so shit. I thought to myself, when this is extremely split second, you're going to roll. And as everyone knows about rolling a car, you're completely out of control. And chances are that thing is going to smash something your driver's side and your chances of surviving or living or getting concussed or going unconscious and being caught on a mountain pass are extremely high. So I split second, my, the snowboarder instinct in me kicks in as if I was like on a cliff or an avalanche and that, and the, the slide is about to take you down a slope and I take my wheels and I just decide to drop in. So I jerk my wheels as hard as I can back the other way. And it literally drops me in on about a 30 degree pitch. So I like air off that side of the road. <laughs> and luckily, by the momentum of how I jerked my steering wheel, I land as if I'm like dropping in on a cliff on my car about 10, 15 feet below there. Super fast. It was like, I just bounce. I hit a tree. I, I just smash into a tree and it misses my driver's side main door where I'm by about three inches. And so it smashes in, breaks the glass out of the window behind me, smashes in my roof. Um, impact hits me. And I kind of like, I hold on, luckily being able to hold on to my wheel, but it like jerks me and I bounce off that tree. Like the whole car bounces off the tree and it like gets tossed like probably another like 12 feet down below and into this like, and I luckily I'm like, it just reverts my direction. So I'm still driving. And so it kicks, like it hits me, bounces me back, almost like I'm doing like a heel edge powder slash. There's, it's like six feet of snow, if not more. Now we're probably on like a 40 degree slope. So I'm like literally just like bouncing down the mountain. And in the middle of that, um, that turn, I smash into another tree on my, the tail of my car on the opposite side. And it boom impacts me. It pushes me the other direction, but the snow is so deep. It comes up over my windshield. I cannot see a thing. It's dark outside. I cannot see. I'm just like literally holding on for my life. But I brace myself. I kind of like clinch my arms and take my knees away from my like my dash and just try to like stay as tight as possible in case I need to like ball up. And because if I smash into something and I keep getting pinballed and I'm probably about 150 feet down off the road now traveling faster three times as fast as I was on the road. I'm probably going like 30 plus miles an hour down this mountain pass. And 
I get caught in between this highway, this little like weird highway of trees and they're almost like bowling pins and they keep bouncing me back and forth. Boom, boom. I'm there impacting the side of the car. I'm just like holding on. Finally, the snow comes off my windshield. I can see again and I'm just like, oh God, I don't even want to see because it seems like I'm, I'm like in a Hollywood movie thriller or something like that, but I still can't believe I'm driving down off of a mountain. And so I just hold on. I tried pumping my brakes. I can't, they're not really doing anything. And I see like two big trees in front of me, probably a hundred feet away. And I'm like, all right, just aim for these trees, dude. You need to stop this car. Like whatever you need to do, you need to stop this car. If you need to smash into the trees, whatever, like it looks as if there's like a cliff or something underneath those things, but it's pitch dark and I can only see maybe like 10 feet in front of me. And so there's just, trees and powder and stumps and like all this stuff underneath me and rocks. And so I just aim, I kind of like veer the car to the right as best I can. And I was freaking cruising and they came a lot quicker than I thought. And I, I'm just pumping the brakes, pumping the brakes, pumping the brakes. And I just, boom, slam into these two trees. It stops me. My heat stays on. My car stays on. There's broken glass everywhere. I have three windows smashed out of my car. I have my phone, like my phone uh, was connected to like, uh, like a YouTube or a Bluetooth or something. My, my phone bounced like down to my driver's side, like below the front seat. Everything in my car is just like everywhere. My water bottle, everything's tossed. So grateful my dog wasn't in there because she travels a lot with me when I'm, I'm doing these type of trips and adventures so grateful no one else was in me with me at that time, but my phone immediately goes SOS, SOS. Like, have you been in an accident? I'm like, where is this damn phone? And I can hear it like trying to talk to me. And I'm, I'm like, try not to panic, but I'm like, I, I take a deep breath. And I'm like, all right, find this phone, dude. Like, you know, Red Mountain Pass, there's no service here and there's no, and we need satellite like connection. So I like undo my seatbelt, kind of like pinch myself. I'm, I'm kind of like, Oh my God, I'm alive. And like, holy crap. Like my arms are good. I like flex my knees, like stretch my back. I'm like, all right, I'm okay. And then I reach down into the driver's side or the uh, passenger side, find my phone, click, accept access, send the signal. It says like, you know, notifying emergency contact, whatnot. And so I kind of just sit there and take a breath. And it's pitch dark outside and my car, my heat's on, my lights are on, I'm alive. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, how did this just happen? Where were your lights pointing? Were they pointing back up the hill or downhill? Downhill. That's key to have your lights on so that anybody else coming along that pass can see you. You just nailed it. And I tell myself... I whisper inside my head, look up at the sky and like, thank your mom, thank your angels. Like right now, take a moment as much as you want to panic, take a moment to just be hyper aware of how like grateful you are to be alive. And I did. And I thought about like everything that really mattered to me in my life. I thought about why I was there that day. And I was going to paint. I was going because I do a lot of work and I donate my art. I donate my passion, but also 
because I've been able to make it as a snowboarder and an artist in my life, I try to share that with others. And I was going down to Silverton that day to get ready to start painting a, a live piece of art to donate to SOS Outreach for their 30th anniversary of spreading their love across the country and the world. But I also was going down there to really engage with like the importance of how being a better version and servicing others is what really what life's about in the sense of like the service element, the mentoring, the like, when you get an opportunity to do something in life, how can you share that with like the younger generation? And how can you, how can we together build a, a better, more inclusive, but also like loving community of understanding, like how important it is to have you support and like good people and like great energy around you in life. And so I kind of immediately was like, all right, you're grateful, you're thankful. Here we are. Get into survival mode. Join us again tomorrow as Pat continues to share his story about survival, resilience, and the unexpected kindness of strangers. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. The family of a girl seriously injured after falling from a ski lift is hoping to be the first to prevail against liability waiver protections and the Colorado Ski Safety Act. They have pushed their fight to the Colorado Supreme Court, which will hear arguments soon by the family's lawyers and an entourage of resort industry attorneys. The decision by the Colorado Supreme Court could have broad ramifications if it reverses a lower court's decision last year. The Broomfield District Court judge ruled that the liability waivers that were part of the epic pass barred the family from suing for negligence. Colorado is so slow at processing applications for food assistance that it ranks in the bottom five states and is under a corrective action plan with the federal government. While some Colorado counties are meeting federal requirements, others are far behind. That means the state's average processing times for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, are among the worst in the country. According to data obtained by the Colorado Sun, Boulder and Denver counties are processing more than 90% of applications within required timeframes. However, El Paso and Pueblo counties are seeing rates as low as 26%. Trying to reinvent itself yet again, officials in the town of Trinidad are looking at ways to reinvigorate the community. Located just north of New Mexico along Interstate 25, Trinidad has been in boom and bust cycles for decades, most recently with revenue from marijuana sales. But since New Mexico has legalized weed, the tax revenue from those coming across the border has dropped dramatically and some say Trinidad remains stuck in its old ways. In this week's Colorado Sunday feature, we look at how the town in southern Colorado is trying again to draw new residents and tourists. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now a quick message from our team. I'm Laura Wynott, Director of Membership at the Colorado Sun. I came to work at The Sun because quality, trustworthy journalism is important. As a reader and listener, I find The Sun to be a breath of fresh air. The journalists tell Colorado stories that keep me informed, entertained, and engaged. If you also trust The Sun for your news, join me as a member at coloradosun.com join. Your support helps to bring you and other Coloradans the news you deserve. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you.